Hello and welcome back to Untucked Shorts. I'm your host, Felix Vogel, and this is my podcastee, a.k.a. my dad, Mark Vogel. Hi, everybody. It's great to be back. We've been off for about a month, but what a month it's been. Yeah, May 30th, last pod recording. And today is July 7th, 2022. Um, we are living in a world in which the Golden State Warriors are the NBA champs. And this is does not come to a surprise to any longtime listeners. We have been talking about this and predicting this since almost the season beginning. Um, and I remember way back when the Lakers were supposed to win everything, you know, long old times, old times. But let's focus on kind of just what happened in this series and what we think of the dubs as a whole. Now... Dad, uh, Mark, do you have anything to add to this? Well, I mean, I think it's worth noting that we haven't done a podcast in a month, and it's probably important to tell our listeners why of all times did we go quiet on Untucked Shorts during the NBA Finals? Is there an explanation? I had summer camp. That's it? You had summer camp? That's it, yeah. So you saw games one, two, three, and four, and then you took off. Did you see any of games five and six? No. Zero of it. I... Listen to game third quarter of game six on a radio driving back from my summer camp um, or driving in a car to my like uh, I was in a car and I was listening to the radio of the third quarter of game six. But yeah, I really did not really know what happened. And I've been taking these last couple weeks to kind of settle back into a normal lifestyle, but also to absorb and fill in the blanks for me on what happened in those incredible five, uh, three games that I missed. Two games that you missed. Two games? Yeah, you missed oh, five yeah. and six. Yeah, you're right. Um, but there's a lot to talk about in the Celtics series, and I feel like we should tackle the biggest one first. Mr. Wardell Stephen Curry. Now, Curry had what's the arguably the best games of his life and the most clutch games of his life and it's just spectacular to watch him play in that finals and just show that Curry is still the king of three-point shooting and shooting in the NBA. Yeah, he's an MVP for a reason. He stepped up when he needed to. We were down two games to one. That game four game uh, performance was absolutely clutch, one of his greatest of all times. And then he got the job done. He he was not the lead scorer in Game 5. He wasn't the only reason this team won, but definitely we wouldn't have won and without game him. Six. That's and true, six. And, ga- and Game 6. Um, I think baby face assassin took the crown as Finals MVP, and, you know, he did many things in that series. He did many memorable things, some signature moves, some um, just like some incredible things. You're talking very vaguely. What specifically are you but referring to? I what really did he want do? to focus in. Just wait for it. I really wanted to focus in on one specific thing that Curry did in the third quarter of Game Six. Now, for those of you who don't know, in the third quarter of Game Six, Curry started off with a three-point bonanza. Um, we were up. We were leading the Celtics, and we pushed our lead to twenty points. Everybody was feeling good, and especially Curry was feeling good because after hitting three three pointers in a row or four, in a time going into a Celtics timeout, he lifted up his ring finger and tapped it with his hand. 
And now this is a gesture saying, put that ring on me. I'm ready to win. Let's get this done. And it was a cocky move. It was a very bold move to show, especially in the third quarter of a game. But he was feeling it. And um, you want to talk about what happened next? Well, no, you've, you've, you've spelled it all out here. So tell us, you were in the car driving somewhere in the high Sierras. I, I presume yep. that you heard all this. You didn't actually see it. I heard all of it. So then what happens? He taps his ring finger. He's he taps feeling his good. ring finger. And that is a taunt directly to all Celtics fans that he is ready to win. And the Celtics took that and they bounced it back. They went on a 12-0 run. Now, this was scary because... That was the most cocky move ever, and if they, Celtics, somehow found a way to come back from a 20-point lead in the third quarter and win it, Curry would be embarrassed for the rest of his life. But and, did that happen? But it did not. He sealed it off, the team sealed it off, but it was a scary couple minutes after the three-point ring tap, watching the Celtics come back from this lead. I think you're speculating. My perception is a little different because, of course, you weren't watching it. You were in a car somewhere bouncing around, and I was watching it. And you know what? I wasn't worried. Well, you weren't worried because you are so convinced. But No, Curry was not going to let this slip away. If there's one thing he's proven, he is clutch. But a 12-0 run. That was the last gasp of a a team that knew it was going down. All the momentum was definitely with the Warriors. The scarier thing was that the Celtics came out in game six and scored, went on a 14-2 to um, mm. run to open the game. That was a moment of like, uh-oh, here we go again, falling behind. But they couldn't quite pull away. So Something about the dubs this whole season is we've been looking, I've been looking at patterns, and usually hard starts in the first quarters don't lead to very healthy games for us. No, so it's true. We lose can, a lot of games in the first I can see how... Quarter. Watching a twelve to two or a fourteen to two, um, open to the game could have been taunting for you guys, or daunting. Daunting, daunting. not taunting. Daunting. Um, other notable performances: Wiggins had a breakout playoff experience. Uh, clearly, he's 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 here to stay. He's a vital member of our starting lineup. And Joins he, the big three. He really wanted that ring. I mean, you could practically hear him. Um. Just like from what I was listening, you could tell that he was basically saying, "This is so much better than Minnesota, so much better." Um, but he was amazing two-way player, and he could bring it. He could bring it on offense, and he could lock down Tatum on defense. And I think the most special part for me was I I watched a rerun of the third quarter of Game Five or fourth quarter of Game Five. And I saw, and he completely posterized the Celtics team, a crazy dunk. And then in game five, in the finals, when you hear, um, what's his name? I don't know who you're talking about. Who are the commentators called? Mark when Jackson. You, Mark Jackson. When you, hear, when you hear Mark Jackson say, Mama, there goes that man in the fourth quarter of the finals, it feels so good. I think we should finish the second half of this podcast after a short word from Mr. Pickles and Bed Bath & Beyond. Thanks for listening and continue after the break.
into the second half of the podcast. Um, we have a little question segment where I will ask Mark one question about the season, and he's going to ask me one question about uh, this season. And this is just like the big overall statement of the of the whole season. Um, so, Dad, are you ready for your question? Is, is that the question? Cause... Yes, and you answered wrong. No. Um, my question for this season, Mark, mm-hmm. is that what do you think the Warriors did as a whole team that made us win the finals? All 82 games, all playoff games, all the time they spent with each other, everything. I would say we were always a selfless team. Mm. We had superstars, all-time greats. We have three Hall of Famers. Wiggins was an all-star this year. But between all of the injuries, um, the highs and lows, getting Clay back into it, Draymond was out, Steph was out, the way in which we put together the record we had, going 18-2 and to start the season, finishing with a number three seed in the West, playing out of our minds throughout the playoffs. It was absolutely a team effort. Kevon Looney played all 82 games. He was consistent throughout. But that just indicates that from our starters to our bench to our role players, different people stepping up at different times. We may not have had the MVP. Nobody had like a Giannis-type season or something mm-hmm. or a Djokovic, um, kind of se- a Djokovic kind of season. But I would say strength in numbers, team basketball, that's what meant that we could be um, – Jordan Poole. I almost mm-hmm. forgot to say Jordan Poole had a breakout season. So all these different people helped us win games throughout. That consistency paid off, and it all came together in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And actually, now that I think of it, when you're talking about Jordan Poole and how selfless we are, um, to add on, we never really gave up any games. And there was a game in Miami where we only had one of our starters, and we thought we were going to lose, and Miami was the number one seed at the time, and they finished the number one seed, and it was, like, terrifying to be a fan, just, like, ready to skip the game and watch a couple Jerry Seinfelds instead, but... We fought through every single minute and second of that game. And though it turned out to only be a great victory then, that almost meant us having home court in the NBA Finals if Miami beat a can I, can I go back a second? Were you suggesting that, that we would have watched Seinfeld or that, like, no, the Steph, whole, the, whole, the team yeah, who wasn't the team playing was, would have watched Seinfeld? Yeah, they were like, Do you, you think know, they watched Seinfeld? I think they watched Seinfeld. I kind of feel like I know who the Kramer of the team would be. Oh. Come on. Isn't it obvious? Thompson? Of course Clay Thompson is of the Kramer. Thompson. Who's the George Costanza? Who's the George? Gosh, that's a really good question. Who is the George Costanza of the 2021-22? Um, Draymond's obviously the Elaine, right? Draymond is definitely that, Elaine, and I think Curry is Seinfeld. Who is a little bit of a self-destructive, um, neurotic kind of guy? I mean, huh. who? I don't know if we have a good George Costanza. I think I know it. I think I know it. Like JTA? No. I think Quindari Weatherspoon. Quindari Weatherspoon. <laughs> I feel like it has to be Quindari. Yeah, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on who would be. So maybe that's the ultimate comment for this season. If the Warriors were Seinfeld, who would be George Costanza? Yeah. Which brings me to my question for you, Felix. 
He really doesn't, but I just figured we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you attended five games this season in person, maybe six. More. I don't know. Went to a lot of games. Seven, Seven games. Uh, we went to some. We went to some with Ned. Went to some with Lachlan. Went to some with Cooley. Yeah. Um, you went to a lot of games. We watched a lot of games on TV. You heard a game, critical game on a bus somewhere in the mountains. What for you was the moment this season where you were most proud to be a Warriors fan? Whew. Well, no hesitation on that. It has to be, hands down, being in the stadium on January 9th when Clay came in. Because I have, I have never, ever lost faith in this team through our terrible seasons. I have known people who have who are fair weather fans who during that season where we went what like nine and thirty mm-hmm. something something terrible we didn't even get invited into the bubble it was embarrassing through all of those I kept faith in the Warriors and I watched as much games as my parents allowed me on a school night and even though I knew since the very tip off that there was a good chance we were gonna lose this game terribly I just like Warriors basketball no matter who's playing just Warriors basketball and. For me, watching through the whole Clay injury, when he came back, I feel like all those blowout games that I watched instead of watching my favorite TV show or something, that's what made me really feel good as a Warriors fan. Just watching him come back, fighting through the whole, every single minute of those two years just to get back on the court. And I just felt I had so much pride in my team. And that's the moment I've been saying we would win since the beginning of the season, but that's the moment when I knew. That's the moment when I knew. Yeah, that was an incredible moment. I'll never forget it either. The building felt like it was going to take off. Part of part of history for the Warriors and for Chase, and yeah, a real, just a love. Remember, Draymond didn't play that game. He didn't play for the next 40 games, but he wanted to be on the court for that just that minute. 40 tip games, off minute. really? 25 games or something? 25, not 40. 40, not, 40 not, times. Not, not half the season, but he was out for a few months, but he wanted to be on the court. Yeah, that was extraordinary. That was an amazing moment. And you're right. You did. You and did I was call there. It. And you I was, were there. So the season is over. We're going to wrap it up. Um, we should acknowledge we're sitting here yeah. in. We're not going to do a whole free agency rundown, but yeah. the season is over. The draft has happened. We're not going to talk about that, but we are going to say goodbye to some Warriors who are part of this extraordinary run, the surprising win. We predicted they would win, but a lot of. Very few people predicted the Warriors would win this year, and then there you go. And a few folks who contributed to that effort won't be here next year, and we're sorry to see them go. Um, let's just do a little roll call okay. players of who moved on. I'd like to acknowledge Otto Porter Jr. Automatic. He came into this season um, drafted as a three-point shooter, but he showed to be so much more especially playing defense, grabbing rebounds that we needed so, so much in the finals. And he, um, though may not have had the best individual season, he really helped us win. And I Major, major playoff I, minutes. There's a chance we may not have won without him, really, with all yes. those rebounds, because going up against Jalen Brown. We were a short team. team. We, we were a short we, team. You know, we needed, needed that height. Um, he was moving to Toronto. I hope he does well there. I hope he plays well with Siakam. Yeah, bundle up, Otto Porter. It's going to be cold up there up north. Yeah. But um, he already has for your the efforts. SF Patagonia puppy jacket. Now, somebody who's moving south, who's been a critical part of the team, not just for one year, but for many years. I mean, he is heart and soul of the Warriors. Everything. From Oakland, 
gutty, gutty performer, won a championship with his hometown team. Next year, he's going to be playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. See you later. Goodbye, Juan Toscano Anderson. Now, he was really the core of our – I mean, we always have Draymond. But as as far as a fan base perspective goes, he really was the hometown hero of Oakland. And I felt so good for him um, knowing that he this was his lifelong dream. And he worked for this, and he got it. And not everybody is able to get that. Um, he's going to L.A., hopefully, you know, trying to win a ring with LeBron. Not going to happen. Not sorry, gonna happen. I'm sorry, but, you know, I hope you enjoyed your time. I know you did, and your documentary is quite touching. Thanks, um, JTA. Somebody who's going a little bit farther than L.A., all the way to Turkey, back to a team he used to play with when he was the EuroLeague MVP. It's our European member of this team. Nemenya Bialica. Now, this is a unexpected... Not really. I mean, I think as an individual player, he definitely made the right choice for himself. He knew he wasn't getting a lot of minutes. He knew he just won the NBA finals, and he probably wasn't going to pull in a ring again. He knew he wasn't going to make as much money in America as he would be in Turkey. He knew that he'd be a better player in Turkey. There's a lot of stuff he knew. He knew a lot of stuff. Wow, it's like you're inside um, his head. Did you read his journal or something? And, he, yeah, I think he... I think he made the right decision for himself. We're going to miss him. He started amazing. He finished great. Um, Sometimes his lack of defense frustrated me. Sometimes he should have just shot it instead of drive to the but hoop. When you but see, when but, you see like a third string. Thank you, Belly. Yeah. Bielitsa. When you think when you see a third string player bomb from deep, 6 foot 10, you know. Sap- Another critical pickup in the offseason. Now, Another player is leaving, and a player who wasn't on this team a year ago, barely made this team with the 15th roster spot, but unquestionably, unquestionably had a just extraordinary breakout year. Um, his initials are the same. Man, I can't I can't put this together. I was going to do a whole thing about how your school Gary was like. Gary Payton II. Gary Payton II. Second. Was, I was so sad to see him leave. I think I loved him. He he was just so. so what did you fun. like about him? What Everything. what what is it? There wasn't a single thing. He was nice. He sounded good. He could what play a... defense, insanely good defense. He could hit threes when it mattered. He could hit threes when it didn't matter. He just hit threes. <laughs> he dunks. He we really didn't have a youth dunker before him. Hopefully Kaminga can be the next one. But Gary Payton the second. Oh, so sad to see him leave. So fun to watch play. Now he's so off happy. to the Portland Trailblazers. He's, so... he's going to be making a lot of money. So yeah, I guess good for him. Yeah, he signed for a three-year, $28 million contract, which is quite crazy considering he just got in the league this year. This um, is the first team he really caught on with, right? And, that he played a whole season Yeah, with. so he'll be making $7 million a year, which I'm happy for him. I'm very happy for him to watch him start, um, to watch him grow into the, this amazing player. And that's really what the Warriors – are all about like so just like gonna, really starting off and finishing strong. I think we're gonna leave it there. The Warriors will look different next year. We've got a lot of talent still on this team. When we come on back for our, our next season of Untucked Shorts, we'll do a season preview and maybe talk about some of the new members of the team. But we know going into next season, we've got um, 
our starting core is coming back. Our bench is going to have some second-year players, and Poole will be a fourth-year player. So we still have this young core that's going to be stepping up. Big question mark about James Wiseman. We'll have to see where that, how Summer League goes, and we'll know more in about a month. So lots to talk about next time. Felix, any final thoughts before we bid farewell to our Untucked Shorts fans and go on our summer break? Part two. Huh. I kind of wrapped it up there. I think I really only have three words for this whole season. Let's go Warriors. You heard it here. See you next season, everybody. Thanks for listening to Untucked Shorts with Mark and Felix and all our friends at Mr. Pickles and And Bed Bath Beyond. See you next time on Untucked Shorts.